Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, Athletic NBA Show listeners. I'm Dave DeFore. I wanted to share some exciting news with you. Starting this week, the NBA Daily Ding is moving permanently to the Athletic NBA Show feed. That's right. Monday through Friday, you're going to be able to catch up on all of the previous night's action in the time it takes to make coffee. Fancy coffee. So join me, Andrew Schleck, Trevon Edwards, Keith Parrish, Jared Weiss, our special guests, and your favorite athletic beat writers as we break down the previous night's action and all of the news from the day before. Your friends are going to think you're a basketball genius. Be sure to tell them why, though. Make sure you check us out Monday through Friday right here on the Athletic NBA Show for the NBA Daily Ding. It's a little like Goodwill Hunting. Every day, you know, we we expect him to come in and... and uh... Carlisle matters. Whoa. New York strip steak. Ooh. This is the basketball buds. Braised beef short ribs. With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show Podcast, Basket Buds Edition on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Jake King. We got Mo, Mo Dakil. We got Trevon Edwards. And we got the first week of the regular season done. We got it in. We got everything. We've got so much excitement and so much disappointment. And these rookies are good. And these rookies are bad. And these players are good. And these players are bad. And Ben Simmons still hasn't seen the court or anything. But... Before we get into all that, because we're going to get into some uh, some reactions, some observations we've had from the first week, we're going to get into the whole Ben Simmons thing, we're going to get into Clay Thompson being trolled mercilessly by his teammates, which is great, uh, but first, there is potentially a massive, massive Robert Sarver scandal story that is going to be published on, on ESPN, and so the weird thing about this, guys, is we... <laughs> We don't know what the story is yet. It um, it alleges what was the wording from from Jordan Schultz? Jordan Schultz uh, basically said, according to um, wait a second, let me find that. Uh, breaking news: The NBA is preparing a massive story surrounding Suns owner Robert Sarver of racism sexism and sexual harassment in a series of incidents sources say with enough evidence to support such claims there's a real chance the league would forcibly remove sarver now what's important about this is jordan schultz is like a what is he like a gambling contributor uh gambling stuff contributor to espn so he does like sort of do stuff for espn right he's got a podcast that's pretty popular and you know he's obviously the son of howard schultz who was the founder and CEO of, of Starbucks and once owned the Seattle Supersonics and everything. So, like, he's, he's connected, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah All so, right. Yeah, so, also, like, don't ever <laughs> don't ever pay for dinner, you know, if you're out with George Jones. <laughs> Kids got it, man. Uh, but, uh, but so, like, this is, like, he's connected. Like, he, he has connections, obviously, working for ESPN. Um, he's going to have 
understanding and knowledge of what's going on there. But it's weird that he would throw out there because it's not his report. He's just aware of a report coming. Right. And so I've never seen someone report about a coming report it, before. Me neither. <laughs> like, Jay, me neither. Wait, real quick. Real Let's quick. just turn the game on its head. <laughs> um, I, I, I do like the idea of this becoming a business, reporting yeah. on reports. Like, I, I'm in on this idea. But, but here's the thing is, so with, with this, he's not reporting it. He's just like, hey, something's coming out. And so one odd thing, and I, I think everyone here knows of this stuff, like there are times that reports die before they go to publishing because of if, <laughs> if it's the content that he's saying here, this is like, it has to be airtight for ESPN to run, <laughs> like airtight. And if there's any hesitation that it is, you know, that they can back every single bit of this reporting, they'll either take stuff out or sometimes that stuff just dies, right? So so Jordan Schultz throws this out there. And the strange thing is the Phoenix Suns respond before the report. And they're going to be aware. Like, it's not like they're going to get surprised by this report. To, like, peel back the curtain on how all this stuff works. ESPN has hit them up at this point about comments on these stories and these allegations and everything. They're aware of what's going to be reported. Um, I would assume they're aware of a hundred percent of what's going to be reported in this thing, unless new stuff has come to light, but they're aware of this. And so the, the response from the Suns is we get the team saying, we understand that an outlet is considering publishing a proposed story that makes completely baseless claims against the Suns organization concerning a variety of topics uh, documentary evidence in our possessions and eyewitness accounts directly contradict the reporter's accusations. We're preparing our response to his questions. We urge everyone not to rush to judgment here, especially based on lies, innuendo, and a false narrative to attack our organization and its leadership. But that's not all, guys. Robert Sarver gives out a statement and says, um, quote, I am wholly shocked by some of the allegations purported by ESPN about me personally or about the Phoenix Suns and Mercury organizations. While I can't begin to know how to respond to some of the vague suggestions made by mostly anonymous voices, I can certainly tell you some of the claims I find completely repugnant and completely repugnant to my nature and to the character of the Suns Mercury workplace. And I can tell you they never, ever happened. First and foremost, I reject any insinuation of personal or organizational racism or gender discrimination. I despise language that disrespects any individuals, regardless of race, gender, preference, or choice. Such language has no place in business or at home in what I consider Suns and Mercury families. I am proud of our record of diversity and inclusion on both teams, whether on the court or in the front office. I don't begin to know how to prove that something didn't happen. And it is difficult to erase or forget ugly accusations once they are made. Even hints of racism or sexism in our culture today are toxic and damaging and should not be lightly raised. I categorically deny any and all suggestions that I use disparaging language related to race or gender. I would like to think that my actions and public record regarding race, gender, or discrimination of any kind over a lifetime in business and community service will adequately answer any questions anyone might raise about my commitment to equality and fairness. Jay, what the hell? 
Like this, this is <laughs> like, this is it's so mind blowing. Weird. Nobody it's knows so weird. what this what the actual story is. We just know what has been reported about the report. And to respond to that, and you have to kind of be vague because obviously nobody knows what the actual specifics are. I don't know. I've I've never seen anything like this. I'm intrigued by what's to come. Like does does this story get published? Does it never see the light of day? Like, why is it not out there already if people are talking about it? And the son's owner apparently knows what's in it um, and who's who's writing it because they took shots at whoever wrote it. So I, uh, I am... <laughs> very curious. <laughs> yeah, very curious to see what's in there. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, Mo, like... Uh, you've you've worked in an organization that had a racist owner that got ousted, right? Like you've got, <laughs> I lived this. You've got some expertise here. Um, like how do you? How do you? Mo's the perfect person now yeah, on this Mo, podcast. Mo's the right guy to have today. Um, how like how do you find this story? Right, like with, with Jordan Schultz saying, "Hey, a story's coming out about this, then and, and it could lead to the removal," and then. On top of that, like this fact that the Suns have responded before we even know what's out there, like it, it's just truly weird. Oh, it's truly weird, but it's also a case of like PR spin right away, right? Like, let's get ahead of the story. Let's, this is what the Suns are doing. We're going to get the statements out, things like that. We're going to get ahead of this. We're going to make sure everybody, you know, right away knows we don't buy any of this. And, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, and all that. But this this whole thing is just absolutely nuts because all they really did with the statement more than anything, just make sure more people read this article. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, out, a, that's a right? great point. Like they, just, they, just, they just highlighted, hey, you know, and somebody yeah, this says, is going to be very this. interesting. Like, please, <laughs> please read this, guys. Read this. <laughs> yeah. Please read it because it's all lies. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, now everybody's going to be very curious to see what's in there and everything that goes with it. My experience with the Clippers obviously was was a little bit different because we did not have any sort of uh, at least heads up. It came out, and then we had to respond and things like that. Right. This is the this is the Suns trying to be proactive in everything they're doing, and I, I I'm going to be just fascinated how this whole thing plays out because it might be the new case study. This might be how teams try to counteract this. If this works out for the Suns and for Sarver in a way in which other teams might look at it going like, this is how we're going to do it from now on. This is the playbook. Why so, is Chris Paul always on the team when the owner gets – that's a great like question. That. That's a great question. That is something that hopefully Jordan Schultz will, will uncover or ESPN and their investigative staff will uncover why there is this tie to Chris Paul. But Trey, like, so I was talking about this with a couple of people over the weekend and they were of the mind that they can't imagine that Sarver will be forced to sell. That maybe there's a there's a suspension coming. He's not allowed to be around the team for a year or two or something like that. They'll get the maximum fine penalty, whatever that is. I think it's like $5 million, something like that. Um, but they were like, I don't think this is going to go like Sterling's way. But again, that's without knowing what's in this report. Like, what do you expect to happen? If this, if some of these accusations or all the accusations are, are accurate, like, do you think we're now going to be in a standard where it's just like, all right, force them to sell, get them out of here. We'll get someone new in. Well, I don't want to get nobody in trouble, but I will say <sighs> it's, 
a lot of it's not false, man. It's a lot of stuff that's gonna come out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the NBA stepping in and kind of handling things, I don't think he loses a team. I don't think that um something really big happens. But it's it's very telling, you know what I mean, on, on what's been going on in that organization for a while. Um, I think I, I I personally enjoyed being around the organization. It showed me nothing but love. But as far as I've never heard any nice things about Mr. Sarver, um, as long as I've been around an organization. So um, outside of, you know, actually doing a new arena and well, kind of not even a new arena. Yeah, just, just refurbished, like, yeah. Refurbishing and like making it a little bit better. I mean, he's never been seen as like a great guy. So I'm not like shocked about his behavior, but it's just interesting that all this comes out around the time when DeAndre Aiden wasn't extended. So. Yeah, that is that's um, a great that's a great point, Trey, because it is like oh, I like I, that conspiracy. No, but it like I mean, I, shit, I don't know. Like it takes a while to have these reports put together, but but there is part of it where it was like. A few days ago, we were just like, oh, that Robert Sarver, what a cheapskate. And now it's going to be like Robert Sarver, racist, sexist, harasser. Like, those will be the questions now instead of just cheapskate in the and, – and that's the thing, too. Like, depending on if the – like, let's say the, the report never even comes to light, right? Let's just say that ESPN's like, you know what? We don't feel comfortable running this. We thought we had it. It's not, like, airtight enough for us to avoid legal issues or whatever. People are still going to believe that stuff about Sarver. Like that's like that's even if we don't get to read about it, like there's a big, big like there are people that still believe the Kawhi Leonard Apple Time Apple Time story, right? <laughs> like just because we see something on the internet now, like there is a there is something that is attached to Sarver, regardless. Even if he can exonerate himself, there's still going to be people that would be like, you know, like nah, yeah, he did that, right? Like uh, it, without without in without knowledge of the situation, just assumptions like that stuff sticks on the internet. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. that stuff that stuff stays with you, and you know, it's it's something that it's what, what I find interesting when we talk about what the NBA might do. When you look at it, they did the thing with Sterling, but then when you look more recently, and they had the whole situation with the Dallas Mavericks, I felt like they gave the Mavs and Mark Cuban a slap on the wrist. So I don't know. I mean, if, again, this we're going into this blind here a little bit, not knowing what's in there. But it's as long as it's not to the point where the players are full on going like, "I'm not going to play for that man." I don't know if there's going to be much for Stur- like. There's going to be much the NBA can do. That's a really good point because. That was a big part of the Clippers story, right? Where all this stuff comes out with the the recording, and then it was it wasn't just like ah, oh, this dude sucks. We knew Sterling sucked, right? We knew he was we, a we reprehensible was a person. Yeah, we knew he was a slumlord. <laughs> we knew he was a racist. Like we knew all this stuff about him. But then it was like the players finally, and it's not like the players weren't aware of this. Like he was super creepy in the locker rooms, right? Like it was. It, it now became like the players were like, we're not going to play a fucking playoff game. Because this because this is out and and all this stuff like it, I don't see the Suns going that route. But again, I don't know what's in there and I don't know how they're going to react. We're, we're all just waiting for ESPN. To we're all waiting for yeah, ESPN. Drop it. Drop the story, and um, we're going to move on because I don't want to get sued. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. All right. <laughs> the top 75 at 75, which is actually a top 76 at 75 list because just what a clunky, horrible rollout the NBA did with this thing. I mean, I love the concept, right? Like, I, I love the top 50 at 50. I, I'm in on the top 75 at 75. It creates like some actual fun conversations to me, and I usually hate these things, but it creates a lot of fun stuff to me. Cause I also like shitting on like the early years of the NBA. So it's even gives me more opportunity to do that. Bob Cousy fraud. Um, and so, but we have a top 76, they did 25, 25, and then, you know, 26, like just this weird, this weird rollout. Cause there was a tie, make those guys play for the tie. That's what I would say. Like make, make those guys play. Um, do you think I don't there care was actually a tie or did they just include one extra person and then later realized it and said there was a oh, tie? Oh, they screwed it up? Like, yeah, like, like, oh, shit, like we they put just 76 out it. there. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a tie. How do you have uh, a tie on a top 75 list? Like, I, you just can't. You have I, to decide the tie somehow. Yeah, someone's got to decide You cannot have it, right? 76 people on a top 75 list. I'd, be, I'd, even, I'd even be fine with them going, you know what? Rings is the tiebreaker. Like, I'd be fine with that, right? But um, Dwight Howard doesn't make, which I thought was fucking ridiculous. Tracy McGrady doesn't doesn't make it. Clay Thompson doesn't make it. Those seem to be the three highest debated players who didn't make the top 76 at 75 list. And so one fun thing is like the Warriors have been trolling Clay Thompson. Like he keeps he keeps like throwing out Instagram stories like I can't believe this. I'm so mad. No, I guess winning doesn't matter and all this stuff. And then they got him a 77 jersey and, <laughs> and made any ward around the facility and everything. And like that's that's a great part of it. But um but yeah, man, like there were some curious, curious selections on there. And the, you know, the thing that people would say is like, well, if you're going to put somebody on, you got to take somebody off. Okay. I'm good with that. Walton should be gone. Um, I don't, I don't think Dwight should, I don't think Anthony Davis should have made it over Dwight. That's crazy to me. Like, I, and, I, and then I, they fight I, I two days later. I'm fighting, <laughs> I'm fighting on two people. Everybody else was good for me. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard and, Anthony Davis just because they just haven't been around not saying that they won't be a part of the greatest conversation right but they should have been rolled out the next 25 years the top 100 when they've actually you know put in a little bit more work and 
Yeah, it, Again, felt, it was, felt like it was projecting, right? And they did that. Yeah. They did. They to be fair, like they did that with Shaq at the top fifty at fifty. Like they put him in four years into his career, which is a crazy idea in and of itself. But like, Shaq but that was, was like, dude. But, like, but, it, but it was, was Shaq, like, and and it was like a once in a lifetime type player. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, I'm not gonna say that for like. Listen, I, do I think Anthony Davis is like not good? No, he's an all star. He's been playing for nine seasons. But take him off the Lakers, that career doesn't hold up for him to be the greatest. Agreed. Yes. Like he the kinda, same he thing with Damian Lillard because of that because of that title, right? Like, I like I like Damian Lillard, Zach. But at the end of the day, he hasn't made anybody better. He has individual stats to show for it, and he's only been to the Western Conference Finals. I feel like when you think of greatest, and you think of those people that belong. They were dominant at one point in period of their career. They also had a chance to be an MVP. They've also had like because I don't look at all all stars sometimes as a popularity contest. I feel like you get in once. Yeah, all NBA is such a better enough, such a better measurement. It's such a yeah. it's such a different soundboard. And again, no diss on on Dame. I think Dame will should have made it in the top you know the next twenty five years to get in as the next twenty five. You know what I'm saying? But this soon. I'm not really agreeing with that. I think that Dennis Rodman and Dominique Wilkins should have been in the first score. Yeah, for sure. But so, so again, when trying to add these people, they made it more present than what it should have been. You know what I mean? Well, like if you're going to do it, keep them old motherfuckers in there. Right. Especially like, well, one, I had a huge problem that the 50 at 50 all made it in when they weren't guaranteed to get in. Yeah. I they, had a huge problem with sh- that. Dave DeBusher should not be on that list. But like, look, Bill Walton is one of the greatest basketball players we've seen, like had an incredible basketball career, but he barely played in the NBA due to injuries. Like, I, yeah, like, and I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry cool with that, him, man, though, because like, his he, peak he was like his years. peak, but his peak was next level. Like when he was at the top of his game, MVP, leading a championship team, all that. One like, year. That ma- one but year, th- that matters a lot to me if you get to that level, whereas some other guys that are like just borderline all-stars for a while like why is that guy in there right i mean you like the one hit song you don't care about a good album or a catalog or anything like that he's just rocking a, he's just rocking like, a call me maybe. i, I just, I just like, think yeah that's it you know that's what he's doing like you're not really kind of no no it was one year since then he was hurt banged up went to the clippers never never really did anything went to boston and there, under limited minutes on a super stack team was able to kind of rebuild himself and rehab himself into a, a solid player for that Celtics team. That's not enough for top 75 of all time. Yeah. Everything Trey said was correct on Davis and, and, and Damian Lillard, but a lot of these old dudes, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, come on. And I've Zach has probably infiltrated my brain, but Kuzi. Hey man, look, really? look, 10 and 17 in the playoffs before Bill Russell got there. No titles. Listen, right. hear, hear me out. I feel like that eight team league doesn't belong. I feel like hey. anything post ABA should count. Yes. Now the merger, the merger res- should res- be the cutoff. Like we, like, look, Trey, real quick, a perfect example of what you're talking about in the NFL. Right, we start everything at the Super Bowl era. My man, but, Bob Cousy but, was ten time first team. Okay, cool. So, he, so he's yeah because of Bill Russell. Yeah, there was 12 players in the league. Ten time for I know you like, represent. I know you represent the the Celtics, but honestly, I'm we who tagged us in that video, Zach? It was like oh. I think it it was like <laughs> eight remember. players or yeah. somebody, right? <laughs> and they said everyone in this video is in the top 75. 
if Zach is the very first person to make a shot in the NBA, right? No, man. And he happens to play for the Celtics and he wins four straight because they showed up with the best five at Open Gym, right? Because the greatest should not be a Hall of Famer shows up like, at one point. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, well, he, was, he was first team many times before Russell got there. Yeah, because it was a regular season award. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not taking it, I'm not taking it away from him. I am. It's just like someone, someone also mentioned that. I, like, I just, I just don't no, know why you guys are going at Kuzi, not like Dave DeBusher, who was, no, who I was, think, I think, second I think those, team one time. No. He can get out, get too. him out. <laughs> Jay, I said, I said everybody, bro. I said everybody, yeah, all of them, everybody, all, all of them, dog. Because even look, I love Bill Russell, and I think Bill Russell would have translated in any of these eras. But at the end of the day, to brag about 11 rings in an 18 season, it's hard, bro. Like they're not even traveling far. They're not doing none of this other stuff, at least post pre NBA. Right. I mean, well, the early years of NBA, you think about the travel. I mean, what was it? 27 or 20, 20 some teams before Vancouver and um, Toronto came about and Orlando and, um, Miami came about before those teams were even added. You have to think about what, like basically what the NBA was and what you had to go through. So I don't, I don't, I can't really count those. Like I understand, I respect them for like starting, getting the game started. You know what I mean? Like inspiring others to play the game, but to honestly compare their statistics or their style of play to a more athletic, more, um, you know, a driven game, it's hard. It's subjective because I don't think a lot of those players last. I think, shit, if we get Alfred Payton in the 50s, he's going to be NBA 75. No, if you put Shaq in the 50s, he <laughs> wouldn't Payton be allowed to play the because they would have they would have <laughs> tried him as a witch or treated him like he was Godzilla. Like they would have, like tanks would have come after him. There weren't basketballs, uh, basketball court, uh, excuse me, basketball stanchions built strong enough at that point to withstand Shaq. Built strong enough for Shaq. Like, (laughs) you know who else can get out? Jay Dolph Shays, thirty-eight percent shooter for his career. Get out of here. I'm out. But let me ask you this question: Is it better to be a snub on the list or or to actually make? I was just thinking that because. I didn't know. Gonna, I didn't know who else who was on the list. Like until we were preparing for this podcast, I literally did not look at the you full list. Yeah. But I knew that Dwight Howard was not on there. Right, and, and right. I knew that everyone's been talking about Dwight Howard ever since. And I, and and I get it. Dwight's a clown, but Dwight was fucking dominant for like seven years. And then, and then his back went out on him. Right, like he started having having like injury problems. It wasn't because he wasn't good anymore. It's because he just kept getting injured. He couldn't be the player that he that he was before. And so, all right, he didn't lead someone to a title. You can't tell me he hasn't had a better career than Bill Walton. You know, <laughs> he, he deserves to be on there. Like, he was dominant for a long yeah, man. time. It was, and again, it, if Bill Walton was healthy, if Bill Walton was healthy, there'd be no question about it. But he wasn't. Hello, Get Grant Dave Hill. Bing out of there, too. Get Dave Bing out of there, man. Jay's just going through the list now and just looking at any name that he doesn't like. Anybody that's also a name hey on his way out. Who's, like, that's what he's doing. But who's, who's coming around saying, man, I wish I had the iPhone 1? Nobody. <laughs> this old shit out of here. 
And you know what? And and look, we're not going to discount Bill Russell. I'm not going to discount Bill Russell. We'll just treat him like Jim Brown. Jim Brown was all before that Super Bowl shit. We still regard him as a great player, right? And a historic player. We can do that with Bill Russell and still say, like, none of this stuff pre-merger counts. Whoever decided to do this list was genius, man. Well, the, the only thing is the rollout was so dumb. It was awful. Why the are you just, why are you just pulling out, like, milk this? Just roll out a couple guys at I mean, a time. A couple it, was for guys conver- at a time. it was for conversational pieces, I think. You know what I mean? At the but end of the you, day. You know what I think it was? I think it was a distraction from this Kyrie and Ben Simmons stuff. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. That's what I think it was. <laughs> it didn't work. No, it didn't work at all. <laughs> Did not you work. Know why? Because we got some Ben Simmons news, everybody. All right. So Yay. the latest is Daryl Morey went on, uh, I don't know, the Fanatic in Philly, whatever that, 95.7 or whatever that is, 97.5, I don't know. Whatever the, you know, if you live in Philly, you know where it is. And so he went on a major radio station there. And talked about all this stuff and talked about getting Ben back in the mix and not, you know, not just giving him away. And they don't want to lessen their chances to be a playoff team and a title team and all this stuff with a trade. And even said at one point, like, look, this might go on for four more years, which I thought was hilarious. It's great posturing. I mean, we're just we're just taking this one step at a time, day by day. Obviously, that doesn't look optimistic right now. I'm not here to uh, to spin your audience. It's a little like Goodwill Hunting. Every day, you know, we we expect him to come in and and uh... the sky's falling on your head. The waves are crashing over your little boat. The oars are about to snap. You're just pissing your pants. You're crying for the harvest. So maybe you do what you got to do to get out. Move towards being able to help us on the floor because we know. We know we're a better team with We know that it's uh, the best plan for the team. People should buckle in. I mean, this this kid, this is going to go a long time because our our only task, my only job is to help us give the best chance to win the title. If we can trade Ben Simmons for a difference maker, we will do it. We may be going through that for a very long time. Do you expect that the league will come into this situation? And no, I do not expect the league to come into this situation. This is a you know team... Uh, I think this has been mismanaged on a lot of sides. You know, Ben Simmons came and talked to the team reportedly, talked to to Embiid and his teammates and Doc about accountability and taking responsibility for everyone's part in this, to which I thought, like, you know, if I'm Tyrese Maxey, I'd be like, what responsibility do I have to take here? Why do I have to take accountability and responsibility? I didn't do shit. Like, (laughs) I'm trying to play. That's it. But everyone's got to take responsibility. And then he said he's he's not mentally ready to play which then gets into this whole <clears throat> discussion about about mental health and and so like I want to be careful here cuz I'm not accusing anything but I do think like I think I do think mental health can be 
easily use as a shield here, right? And I think there's a difference between like adversity that's really hard to deal with and mental health. And so I don't know where Ben Simmons lies on that, right? I don't know where he falls on that. But it is something that I've talked about with people before of like, this is a concern. Like once once DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love come out and speak like really well and really thoughtfully and really, you know, candidly about their struggles with this stuff it does give some people the opportunity to be like okay well i know i can use that if i go through tough times and i'm not and again i'm not saying ben simmons does that but i do think there's a huge distinction between is this really hard to go through or am i mentally unwell right and because also i don't know like there's like like jordan kobe jimmy butler those are the three people I could think of that would be like, yo, I fucking love this situation. Let me go into it. Let me go do that home game against Brooklyn Jimmy Friday lived night. For and, it, man. Yeah, oh I don't God, think Jimmy's they, yeah. ever been happier than when he had to force his way out of Minnesota. Exactly, man. He got he got booed that first home game when he did all that stuff in Minnesota. He got booed and cheered in the same night because he dragged that sorry-ass team to a victory that night, the night he was getting booed by the home crowd. Like, he lives for that stuff. So when Ben Simmons is not mentally ready to do all this, like, I don't blame him. That's a tough city to do that in. But I also think it's less about him saying mental, mentally not ready and more about people then just jumping in the conversation like, well, mental health, we got to be careful about this, careful about that. And I do, I just think there's a gap between what he said and now what, what the narrative becomes. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. Like, this is one of those things too. Like, if you're Ben Simmons and you're saying that, and just for whatever reason it comes out, you're literally using that as a shield. You've just made things a hundred times worse for you. Well, but but right? here's the th- quick, th- quick thing, Mo. Like, I don't know that I'm necessarily saying he's using it as a shield. I'm saying, like, we then put that shield in front of him because he says he's not mentally ready. Not being mentally ready and mental health are two very different things. And the, na- and the narrative the narrative immediately jumped to that to where people are now saying, well, you can't question it because of mental health, mental health. And it's like, that's not what he said. Yeah, he's just saying that he's not mentally ready because he's still in his feelings. Yeah, right. That's a totally different thing. And that he feels betrayed Yeah, and all these other things. But at the end of the day, he has to – this is a person who has never dealt with accountability. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a track record from LSU. I don't know about how it was at Montverde, but at the end of the day, this person now – is trying to get trying to think that he's outsmarting the NBA to avoid losing checks, game checks. Mm-hmm. And this is what it boils down to. The same person who tried to take a COVID test to avoid giving up 300 grand for a preseason game. And that's all it's boiling down to at this point. Like he figured his agent, Rich Paul, would have it under control. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. Now he's trying to find other solutions of getting kicked out of practice and not trying to be around guys. And that didn't work. So initially he's been getting fined s- since this conversation started. And yeah. you have to look at it like, okay, dude, this is not working. You have to play. You have to play. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think the misunderstanding, like you, you made a very good point that he's not mentally ready to approach the season, whether that's just focus, whether that's being around guys. But it it wasn't like, oh, I'm having mental health. I'm problems. depressed or anything like that. It wasn't that. And he, yeah. never, he never said that. So I think that that's a very slippery slope of what 
you know, communities need to kind of be aware of to instead of like, you know, like listening to this and saying, oh, you guys just don't understand. No, we totally understand. But that's not the language right. that was used. The language that was used is that basically I'm not mentally prepared to be mature, to be, you know what I mean? Everybody's to be what kind I of, need to be and deal with the, the reaction and the fans. Doc Rivers has stuff. owned yeah. up to what he's ha- what he's had to say. Um, Joel Embiid has expressed himself. And now it goes boils down to Ben Simmons. Are you going to play for this team? Or are you just going to deal with the consequences of giving up this amount of money? Because Daryl Morey already came out and said that he's not going to move you. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like all sides involved thought it would be a quick breakup, right? Like when, when Doc and Joel, after the series, said what they said, they were thinking, okay, we could just trade trade Ben Simmons this, this summer. It'll be easy. When when Daryl Morey was, was looking ahead, he was like, okay, this isn't a this isn't a huge huge deal yet because we're going to be able to trade Ben Simmons for somebody very good and we're going to be able to get back to this season with a contending roster. When Ben Simmons was looking at it, he's like, "Okay, I can force my way out of here. I don't have to show up. I, I don't have to go deal with this. Go deal with the people who said shitty things about me. Go deal with the city that doesn't like me because <laughs> I haven't lived up to the moment in in huge moments." He he thought he wasn't going to have to deal with it. And now, now everybody's looking at it like, okay, there are no big offers for Ben Simmons. And Daryl Morey came out and said that. He said, if I yeah. traded him right now, I'd have to trade him for role players. And I'm not going to do that. And that's that's the reality of the situation is that now these guys are looking around like, okay, we have to deal with each other. <laughs> like we have to right. we have to figure out how to how to deal with this situation in a way that we didn't expect to, because we just thought it was going to be simple. And it's not simple just, at all. I would just push a little bit. I think Maury realized very quickly in the offseason, this is going to be a lot harder and a lot longer than than anybody else. Once he started to see the offers that he was getting or getting rebuffed when he was making offers, I think he realized pretty quickly, like, this is going to be he, a minute. I mean, and yeah, when, he was waiting for Dame to, like, want to get yeah, out. Yeah, and, right? and that's his – and that's the thing. So I don't, I don't know – and and who knows how that whole situation plays out. But I don't think of all the GMs you could have done this to, I think Maury was the wrong guy to try to to try all of this stuff with with holding out everything 100%. that they're doing. Yeah. Just because it's like he's like, yeah, he's not he's not the type of guy that's just gonna be like, okay, fine, I'll just get rid of the problem. And also He's in the front office. He doesn't have to be at practice every day. Exactly. He he's upstairs. To be on the and, that, and that's <laughs> the that's been the big criticism of Maury, right? Is he's not good with the people aspect of this. This this right. job, and, right? Like it's it's numbers and spreadsheets and you know assets and all this stuff. And he's again, he's really good at his job. But the criticism I've heard around the league is he's not good at the people part of this. And so and this yeah, is and, I, and this is a situation where now we're at the people part of this. And it's like, yo. Someone's got to do something. I mean, Joel Embiid came out and like told the crowd, like, please accept him. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that won the crowd oh, over. I'm sure who was wearing, sure, yeah. t- wearing T-shirts with Ben Simmons' face on it and the, missing. The and funniest all of these part about like- that was that he just like slid it into the end of his speech. Yeah, he just it like just real It wasn't like a big part in- of it. He's like, and, and better brother. just kind of mumbled it and then went back. He knew if he started with it, he would have gotten booed. 
Do you, think, do you think Doc was like, hey, man, just give a little thing about Benny at just, the end? You know, just, just try, to, try, to, just try to find the time. He's like, I got you. Don't worry about you it. You know, a lot has happened the last few months, and I urge you guys to continue to support us and our teammate Ben because he's still our brother. Let's go. Once again, Joel and B. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, man. He's going to have to. I, I got to imagine Rich Paul is super frustrated because it seems like. Rich is good. At his, Rich is so good at his job, and the way that it's played out on Ben Simmons' part of it, I feel like that can't necessarily be the instruction of Rich and Rich's understanding of the situation. Like the whole idea where the report that Ben Simmons thought he was going to get the fine money back once he got traded. There's no way Rich Paul doesn't know that rule. You have to know that he's too good at his job to not know that rule. So. What I think that like something got twisted in Ben Simmons' head, or one of his friends like, well, you know, you'll get that fine man- fine money back when you get traded. He's like, oh, okay, cool, I'll sit out. That's what I assume happened, rather than Rich not knowing that rule. But I always thought the holdout was a flawed idea. Oh, for Just sure. like it worked for it worked for Clutch in the past with Tristan Thompson and with J.R. Smith, but, but they that were was free agents. Yeah, that was to get money. Yeah, that was yeah. The, yeah, exactly. It was a totally different scenario. So it was like. It, it, I, I I think that was the one mistake that maybe Rich Paul made. But after that, like, I don't know. But also, what else. I, I, mean, I don't know that it's a mistake he made. I think Ben Simmons just said, I'm not going. You know, like, Rich Paul can't make him go. That's true. Yeah, it's beyond him now at this yeah. point. I think he, I think I, he tried. a different story. I think he tried to go Rich's route. And once, like, again, when he was in L.A., I think he was advised to stay. And he figured that they would fold. And obviously, the Sixers didn't want to, you know, Ben. And when that didn't happen, Ben probably was watching one of these shows. And they mentioned that, you know, how much money he was going to lose. And he got on the first thing smoking back to Philly <laughs> to try to. No, I'm, I'm being I'm really being serious. Like, know, and he, you know, he's probably was just sitting there, you know, drinking some orange juice and was like, I'm going to lose how much. Yeah. I'm Flew out what? there and tried to solve it because Rich Rich Paul didn't even know that he was going to show up to try to take this test and avoid being fine nobody do so he then on the door he, so then he gets there they don't let him in all this other situation he has to retest he finally gets cleared he comes to practice and he's supposed to work out he doesn't work out then he finally joins the team and then he's like you know getting to a you know a, a spat match with the players and and the coaches and, and and then this is an ongoing thing and they're continue to find him because you have to do all these things. You can't come like he shows up. He does a, uh, um, he comes to get treatment, but doesn't work out. You have, you have scheduled workouts that you're supposed to do. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And now you're in a situation where you're like, okay, well I can't win this situation. They're still finding me while I'm here. How do I win in this? And then now he's in the point of like, well, I'm not mentally ready. And when you go to that point, obviously soon as the word mentally, the same thing is domestic. It could be something else in front of domestic. But if you read those two words, mm-hmm. they're associated with, you know, communities that are really going to either take this, you know, take this situation seriously and try to understand what's really going on. And with mentally, he not saying like, oh, my mental health. He's saying, bro, I'm, men- I'm, men- I'm mentally not prepared. That's like me. I'm mentally, I'm not mentally prepared for Monday. For work. <laughs> so you, you get what I'm saying? 
but but that's the difference. And I think that we're letting him off the hook so easy because he just never has been. He's never, never not been getting away with what he's supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like LSU, he left the team because in NIT he's like, oh, I ain't got to go to class no more. He didn't even try to finish the semester, which he is finish fair. The didn't finish the season. So that's the that's the red flag of that situation. So like when a rumor comes out and says, oh, fake COVID or whatever, whatever, people gonna believe it. It makes man. you think. Yeah. It makes you think about some stuff when it's like, okay, if your character was a little bit better. We probably would be looking at we would we would we would feel better questioning it, but which from what your track record to show, I'm believing some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, before we get out of here, let's get into some uh, observations that we've had from the first week. Um, I'll start out because I don't think we've talked about them enough on this podcast in the last couple of weeks, and I know that we even talked about this when we finished recording last week. You know, these Memphis Grizzlies all in. I'm all in. I saw them in person last night, watching them play against the Clippers. They were fun. They're talking shit. They're super, you know, athletic and very like just good defensively and for such a young team. And it's nothing new. They've been this way for the last two years, but I am all in on this Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, I, I just like they're they're like a, a top five team for me to watch this season easily. I mean, John Moran himself is just fun. You know, everything new, every time he gets in the lane, the acrobatic finishes, everything he does. You know, this this is I oh good jump from Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. And this is a team that could possibly be in the top six in the world. By the way, there was a moment in the game, I think it was in the second half, uh, against the Clippers where Isaiah Hartenstein, who apparently is on the Clippers, uh dove for a for a loose <laughs> ball that Jaron Jackson had, uh was was securing and he fell on top of him and like his elbow hit or his arm hit uh hit Jaron in the face, right? So they're gonna go review it. And so there's a little bit of talking before they go to review it. Like, you know, some of the Grizzlies players not liking that he just flopped on top of <laughs> off of Jaron. And so there's a point where like Isaiah Hardenstein's like kind of talking not recklessly, but he's like he's getting into it. Like he's he's puffing his chest out, and Steven Adams walks over from the bench. <laughs> just yeah, like they don't just mess said, with a, said a couple words, and all of a sudden Isaiah Hardenstein walking back towards the Clippers bench as they go to review. Like it was so fucking funny to see that play out, where just this this Adams just starts coming th- from the from the bench area, and he didn't step on the court. He's just walking down that line, that sideline, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, all right, all right. Well, let's see what this review has to say about this, <laughs> and just walked. Away. It was great. Yeah, you don't mess with Steven Adams. <laughs> don't mess with Adams, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, Mo, what do you got? What do you what have you noticed this first week? My favorite thing so far this first week has been just the flow of games. For the most part, I feel like everything's kind of flowing much quicker. Not as many reviews, not as many let's make sure we get the right call or whatever. Let's just go play. And I've really just sort of just enjoyed the product because of it. We've gotten Better basketball has made it easier to watch. Everything has flowed so easily every time I've watched a game. Trey, what about you? <laughs> oh, you know what I'm about to say. Okay. In, in my best Bill Murray voice. Let's go Bulls! Let's go Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes, right, right, the Bulls have looked, well, opening night, they gutted out a win against the Pistons when they didn't have Kate Cunningham. So I look, I'm not going to, but they came They've back two wins against their the ass. Pistons without I know, they whooped their ass in the second game. So that looks a lot better. Uh, but you know, Trey doesn't bother you. They haven't played anybody yet. No. Okay. No. No <laughs> reason why it's, it, it's just a different look. I'm not saying that they're going to win it all. I'm not saying that, but the direction, I think 
I think uh, the GM did a great job of assembling this team together, and they look like they're enjoying having fun. Yes, they're going to lose some games. When they lose the first game, we can get back to normal and kind of be like, all right, let's settle down. <laughs> but I do think that they're going to make the playoffs, and I think exactly what I said this summer is going to come to light. They're you know fun what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're fun they're as hell, man. They're so fun. They're solid, yeah. dog. Like, I honestly owe Alex Caruso an apology. I still think about when you when I last time I was on the pod when you called Alex Caruso the uh, bald Jesus. So I still think about that from time to time. He is bald Jesus. Oh, yeah. the I mean, you know, the Lakers should have kept bald Jesus. Man. I mean, he's not he's yeah. not my personal bald Jesus, but I get I understand the trolling now. Then they'd have three good players. Caruso, welcome to the Caruso show. Woo! Nice crossover. They're giving him MVP chance in, in the United Center. I haven't heard that since Derrick Rose. So I understand it's a troll era, and I like <laughs> that he's playing well. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I just I think it's hilarious. He's having I mean, eight points a game. I, I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm actually with you on the Bulls. I was the biggest Bulls hater before the season, but seeing it in action a little bit, and and understanding that when they have Lonzo out there and when they have Caruso out there, they're just athletic. They've got a lot of athletic dudes, a lot of longer guards, a lot of size on the perimeter. And I thought that there's no way they'd be able to defend with Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic. And then they play. But the when you see it in action, they've got a <laughs> they've got a lot of athletes, man. And and I, I I'm not totally sold yet because they haven't beaten anyone. They've beaten the Pistons twice without Cade and, and the, the Pelicans, Pelicans without with Zion. Zion. Yeah. yeah, so I, I'm not ready to call yeah. them the greatest defensive team of all time yet. But I, you can no. see it a little bit. You yeah, can you see can, you can that, see that, that I was probably at least a little wrong. That and they'll be better defensively than than my dumbass thought. Now I now this makes me completely buy into the Bulls. Do you know what it takes to get Jay to admit that he was even a little wrong? That's that's a lot. I mean, my I, God. Like I, now the like the Bulls must be legit. I'm all in now. All right. I was I was uh, having fun uh, with them before, but now I'm all in because Jay has admitted that he said <laughs> he, he might have been a little wrong. Those are the exact words. I might have been a little wrong on the Bulls. To be fair, how often am I wrong? Often. Are you often? <laughs> Talking about? Are you serious? I was right on the Bucks all the way through last season. Not, not really the year before. <laughs> not really the year before. You're right. You were wrong with the diss track. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not the finest lyricist, rapper, whatever you want to say. That's just uh, not. Uh, we can throw Jade under. We can throw Jade under the bus on that. He did you wrong with the production. <laughs> I need that nail in the coffin. That Eminem diss track. Give me that music. I need it. This is the end for Zach. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's over for him. I've been waiting for this day for a long, long time. It's also the longest thing you've ever heard. This motherfucker, man, just won't shut up, will you? Talking about heat culture. Bitch sweet culture. I'm promoting you right now. Yo, let's put the nail in this coffin. I don't want to be like this. I don't really want to hurt no feelings. But I'm only being real when I say Good nobody want to hear he talk from Zach. And he <laughs> makes less sense in Shaq. Now he knows damn well he cultures whack. So put the mic down and walk away. You can
can still have a little bit of dignity. I would never claim to be no pariah lead, no 83-year-old fake Pacino. How long is so this how shit? can he win post-LeBron with just Jimmy without even a top-tier star drag inch dragged down by injury? Please, Zach, so you pick Miami and your asses will both be history. But then again, you'd finally get your wish because you'll be all over the street like Gabe Vincent. What? Fucking punk sponsor, bud, fuck you up. Gabe Crystal one-on-one, see how bad he fucked you up. Try to hype be elite and they cut you up. And you put Jake King on the throne. That's how much you suck picking first round series. <laughs> all right, cut, 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 cut the music. Cut the music. Jay, well, I, I am curious about... Uh, the Celtics so far, it doesn't look great. It, it's well, I mean, it's the only been a couple game of games. Against, but the game it, against it, the Raptors yeah. was as bad as they've looked in a while, and they looked pretty bad at times last season. Um, yeah, like them losing the Knicks, not a big deal. Like that was a fun game, right? Jalen was phenomenal. Tatum was was terrible in that game, but like the overall, like that was a fun game. The game against the Raptors, and we're, granted, we're recording this before the game against Houston. Uh, on Sunday, so who knows what happened? Uh, here I'll cover us. Wow, they came back and finally got their first winner. Oh my God, the sky's falling. There, we're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that game against the Raptors, man, that's a, that's bad. Yeah, they they just kind of fell apart. And I I've thought that they would take some time to develop because you know Jalen Brown and Al Horford missed most of preseason with COVID, and Marcus Smart got suspended in preseason. They're adapting to a new coach and. It's going to be different to play with Schroeder than it was with any of the guys they brought off their bench last year. So there are some things that they're going to have to work through. And I've thought that they might start slow. I did not think <laughs> that it would get as bad as it did against the Raptors so quickly. Um, and the the biggest fear with them, I think, is that they just don't have enough shooting outside of Tatum and Brown. And I think that's been pretty obvious that that they're going to need to find a way to keep enough shooting on the court because the Raptors are just like swarming Tatum and Brown and and not even worried about basically anyone else on the roster from behind the arc. So they're going to have to find a way to get get some shooting on the court to make things a little easier for those guys. And they can be small at times like they played a they played a lineup. Ime Udoka played a lineup with Peyton Pritchard, Dennis Schroeder, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams and and Josh Richardson. Like what? What is Why? what is that lineup going to do? It's not going to defend. It's not going to score. It's not going to. It doesn't have shooters. Like what is that lineup? <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's a terrible lineup. Um, and that was in game two. Like why? Why? By the, by the way, um, I think wow, the the Thunder play today, right on Sunday, but before we record this, um, so there's a chance that this number gets updated, but the Thunder. The first two games, both 30-point losses. The record, and this is all in the power rankings, which you should check out on The Athletic uh, today, Monday. Um, the record for most 30-point losses in a season is the 91 Denver Nuggets. They had 10 of them. Last year, the Thunder had nine in a 72-game season. They are going to shatter this record. They are not trying to win. <laughs> they are not trying to be competitive. They have put together a garbage roster of, granted, developing players but in terms of winning now it is horrible around Shea Gilgis Alexander I am guaranteeing they shattered this record of most 30 point losses in a season shatter like I, it might be 20 for the Zach know. Harper guarantee the Zach Harper guarantee almost never fails sometimes it does spectacularly so but I'm telling you they're already a fifth of the way to the record two games in if 
if it doesn't happen this time, it'll happen somewhere down the road. It's going to happen this time. I guarantee it. This is worse. This is more egregious than the Sam Hinkie trust the process Sixers. This whole tank. Wow. It's it's insane. And I feel bad for Shea Gilgis Alexander, but I guess that's why you get $170 million. That way you can <laughs> you can at least have a, a nice bank account while you're dealing with all this losing. Uh, was a long their way second leading City. scorer right now, Mike Muscala. <laughs> Who Jalen Green almost ended his career the other night. He got smacked in the face by the moose, but he went moose hunting. And I thought he was going to evaporate him with that dunk. That would have been fun. Poor moose. Why did he resign in OKC? He couldn't get a job yeah, anywhere else. He actively <laughs> resigned there. Why? Someone, someone, help him out. All right, that's gonna do it for the Athletic NBA Show podcast, Basket Buds Edition. Make sure you're checking out all the other podcasts on the network. Follow on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to them. Make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're leaving reviews if that feature is available on your preferred platform. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. It is the best content out there, the best coverage of sports, the best coverage of the NBA that you're going to find. Make sure you're checking out the rest of the podcast on this channel with Tampering on Tuesday, Hoops Adjacent on Wednesday, Point of Contention on Thursday, Nerdish Wrote on Friday, and of course, The Daily Ding, which has been added to your podcast feed for the Athletic NBA Show podcast. For Trevon Edwards, for Jay King, for Mo Dakil, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic. Continue to support us and our teammate Ben, because he's still our brother. Let's go. Once again, Joel and B. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.